Capsi Podcast Series, Conversations on African Philanthropy. Welcome to yet another conversation on African philanthropy with me, Peginkos Moyo, the director of the Center on African Philanthropy and Social Investment. Today we are joined by Tikeleji uh, Dokas Seleka, a motivational speaker, a facilitator, an entrepreneur, um, and a friend of CAPSI. Um, I mean, I think of, over the last two or so years, we've mm. really gone to know you um, a lot, uh, but also follow you in terms of the work that you do. So sure. welcome to the episode. Thank you so much, Prof. Thank you. And I, I, I really wanted to have this conversation because I've been watching the kind of work that you do from mm. a distance. I really don't um, have like the intimate knowledge about what you do, but we have mm -hmm. invited you to several of our events. You are here also attending one of our events. Mm -hmm. But I also see that you do a lot of uh, work with young people, mm. uh, motivating them to really empower themselves. And I wanted us to talk a bit about that. What is it that drives <laughs> you to doing that? And I also mm. see that you have actually worked for uh, two of the biggest banks in South Africa, mm. and yet you left that to actually do this entrepreneurship thing. And most people would know that the journey in entrepreneurship is not easy. It's a challenging one. What drives you? <laughs> Thank you so much, Prof, for that. Um, crazy, hey, that I will leave a security yeah. uh, job and jump into entrepreneurship. Um, but I think mostly, really, it's, it's, it stems from the background. Um, that influences um, our decisions or the directions that we take later on in life. Uh, that one then retracts and say, but hang on, um, what am I doing about this? So for me, most of my decisions, especially um, as you had mentioned, that I work with uh, young people, and, and that would be now in my nonprofit organization space, um, it was really as a result of me asking the question that what role do I play in the society? Realizing that um, in everything, in as much as there are challenges, um, if you're looking for solutions, everyone has a part to play. And I've, I've always maintained that if you are to leave everything to the politicians or academics alone, we're really not going to get anywhere. Yeah. So it's for everyone and every citizen to identify their own role. That was how I identified my own role um, within that space um, in, and, and focusing a lot in rural communities because I'm a village girl, <laughs> uh, born and bred um, in a village called Ramukokastad in the Northwest province. Um, so that was what led about that. Um, and, and being in that space led me to finding Kapsi, whom really, honestly, today I consider myself family. I was saying to the team when I walked in, I was one of the first people that walked yeah. in this morning, and everyone called me by name. And I said, guys, you might as well give me access card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, but that has been an, an organization that recognized and supported the journey that I chose to embark on yeah. in as far as yeah. um, my giving back to the community is concerned. So let's talk a bit about the, I think it's dynamic teams coaching. Yes. Yes. Um, what, 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 what led to it? What did you do? Mm -hmm. What have been some of the challenges out there? 
and how would you want the philanthropic community to to support that kind of work and any other mm. endeavor that you are doing especially in your non-profit work uh, space yes so amazing that it was actually in the dynamic coaching space i am the founding ceo of Dyna yeah. dynamic coaching um dynamic teams coaching that i then that led to me founding sisters empowerment cycle which is the non-po non-profit organization yeah. that I'm also um, heading. I left the bank to start Dynamic Teams Coaching. Really the drive behind that was two things. I think I wanted more out of life. I believed more for myself. And when I looked at what I was doing within the bank, it would have taken me another, it meant I would need to invest another 50 years of my life in the corporate space for me to achieve the kind of dreams that I had then. And I, I knew I did not have 50 years to invest. But the, the bigger driving force was the gap that I identified in the market as a result of a job that I was doing within the bank at that time. So the bank afforded me the vehicle and the tool and the skill to go out and close the gap. And the gap was realizing that time that I left the bank in 2014. That was why when entrepreneurship was gaining momentum in, especially in South Africa. Uh, you would agree with me, Prof, that in South Africa, traditionally we are brought up to understanding that in order for you to have a better life, you need to go to school, go to tertiary, and then look or work for a big brand and good money, and then you stand a chance of a better yeah. life. God forbid that anything goes wrong within that line, then you are doomed. Um, so 2010, 2014, entrepreneurship was rising. Everyone was looking into entering the space, identifying themselves within the space. But then there were also stats that came out that over 80% of the people who enter the space do not make it within the first three yeah. years of existence. Yeah. What was that? What was causing that? What were the reasons um, contributing to that? That became something of interest to me. Why are we failing? as South Africans and uh, as Africans. And yet at the same time, it is said that small businesses are the biggest contributors to every country's GDP. Yeah. So it just didn't make sense. We are failing yet we are the biggest contributors. Why are we unable to transition from a hustler mode to becoming corporate? And I would say hustler mode because I myself, hence I said, it, it comes from a background. I, I grew up in a family where we ran almost all kinds of businesses, uh, Prof. My parents, we had tax shops, which later became a shop. We hawked vegetables. Uh, we, we had a tavern, and I think tavern is even a fancy location where in the village, yeah. you know, yeah. we sold alcohol. And being the first child, I was always at the forefront of these businesses. We manufactured bricks. We, we, we fetched a river sand. We fetched water from a well in a river and and I used to do all these things uh, with my father it's something that as Africans we know and do very well yeah. women who hog vegetables have educated their children to varsity level we've got people who have qualified as doctors as a result of their parents selling vegetables or running tax shops but why is it that those 
vegetable hawkers are unable to transition from being a small lanyana vegetable hawker to becoming a fruit and veggie, for example. Yeah. So that became something of interest to me. And in the bank, the methodology that we were working with at the time and the role that I was uh, um, playing or that I, I had in a bank as a performance manager and a facilitator and a performance coach allowed me to deepen my understanding in that and broaden my my perspective in as far as the factors that contribute to yeah. that failure is concerned. Yeah. So I thought I have the yeah. answer yeah. and I jumped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so what have been some of the challenges that have faced and I want us to look at them and mm -hmm. also begin to talk about because you are operating in a philanthropic space, yes. what are the things that you would want philanthropy to pay mm -hmm. attention to? And hopefully, if when they hear your story, mm -hmm. they are able to say, that's the challenge that she's facing. Mm -hmm. Those are the issues that she's addressing. Mm -hmm. We can assist. Challenge number one is that, especially, and I'll go back to the rural communities because my nonprofit organization is focusing yeah. on rural communities, yeah. is that there is so much eagerness and will on ground to do better, to achieve more, to be greater. But there is a whole lot of uh, gap in access. Access is not just access to markets and all these fancy ways, but access to information itself. How do we do this thing? How do I transition from becoming, from being a hustler, from being a tuck shop owner, from being a, a spot, a, a tavern in the village, to becoming a bottle store um, that supply uh, the region? You know, yeah. how do I transition from there? And yeah. that has been the challenge within those spaces to say, where do we find the skills? One of the biggest challenges I found, and which was what took me back to the villages, was that the more, most people that had the potential and could do it, they did not have access, but also their resources to afford the likes of coaches, as yeah. I am a business performance coach. So if you say to them, you need to find a coach, you need to have a mentor, such conversations are far from them and such people are far reached. Um, they can't reach them and far in between even when they can uh, access those people. Yeah. So that, that, what, that has a lot uh, proven to be a challenge to say we have the will, we, we can do it, but we don't have the understanding of how to do it the right way. But also at the same time, when we try to, the, the, the resources, it, it becomes expensive to acquire such skills, to acquire such people coming into our space. At the same time, opening those markets. Yeah. How do we access those markets? So those were the gaps that I found. And as a result, we started then having programs obviously they are di uh, uh, what do I, how do i say they are diluted or, or, or condensed in such a way that instead of me running a full three months program it will be costly in a village yeah. i have condensed it to to become a two-day program just so that i can impart some knowledge and say guys yeah. here yeah. are the nuggets yeah. you know look at yeah. this look at this the rest you'll have to do it on your own because we can't afford yeah. To do yeah. more. So basically, if somebody was listening to you, one of the ways in which mm. they could support is to provide support to expand 
the interventions, but also to sustain it over yes. a long period of time. I'm also aware that you 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 have um, huge 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 interest in issues of leadership, yes. um, and but it's not just any kind of leadership. Mm. It's leadership that is based on values of Ubuntu. Uh, can True. we talk a bit about that and some of the some of the thinking around it, including the conversations you are having now with Capsi around developing a module yes. on uh, Ubuntu? Oh, definitely a topic close to my heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think it links in even at to, to what we are doing here today, the yeah. conversations that we are holding here today, <clears throat> that at the heart of it all, everything that we do is, is realizing how interdependent and how interlinked we are as human beings to one another, but also as person to corporates or to industries that are operating within our spaces. So how do we make sure that in everything that we do, we benefit the more of us than just focusing on one person? Yeah. And, and I thought that the, a way to answer to this was to look at leadership itself. And why I focused on leadership, really, Prof. Abeki, was looking at the conversations around Africa and the leadership uh, perspective when you think of Africa. Today, everywhere you go, when you think of leadership in Africa, uh, we use words such as inactive uh, leadership. We have poor leadership in Africa. I mean, just now in the conference, someone mentioned, I think it was Prof. Sipo mentioned that the problem in Africa is not that Africa does not have the resources, or, but the problem in Africa is, is lack of leadership yeah. in Africa. Mm -hmm. You know, to say, so how do we then, as Africans ourselves, aligning to the AU Agenda 2063, come up with solutions to answer to our own challenges in Africa. And I thought, if we are to correct leadership, the responsibility and understand how effective leadership can be in advancing us as a continent, as a country, as a community, then we would be able to win as one, realizing that I am because we are. So it's everyone realizing their role and responsibility within the space that they operate, yeah. uh, that they operate in, in, in the context of, of responsibility in that. Yeah. And that was how I brought in the, 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 the topic of what role can Ubuntu play in the leadership today? And why I chose Ubuntu was that there is science behind Ubuntu, but also at the same time, I wanted to bring forth the knowledge or to the corridors of knowledge, the African discipline or the African culture discipline yeah. into those corridors to say that as Africans, our culture should not be limited to just food or clothes um, or language. But there is a principle behind this culture. There is a principle of values, of respect, of solidarity uh, that governs this culture. Yeah. If you are to look at those principles, you will be forced to act differently because you will realize that in whatever decision I take today as a leader, I will not only be impacting on the team, 
that I am leading in an organization, but it also impacts on my children down yeah. the line. Yeah. It impacts on the community. It also impacts on the nation that I am operating within. Yeah. So no one operates in vacuum. And that was how I then brought in the African context into it and say, let us own our culture by celebrating it, but yeah. taking yeah. it out there, but by also teaching it and say, this is what it means. And if we were to do things according or in the spectrum of this philosophy, we would achieve or arrive at a point where we are courageous in our actions. We are brave in taking those decisions, but also at the same time, generational yeah. Yeah. in our approach. We don't just think of today. We don't just think of here and now, but we think of how my decisions today will affect yeah. the country tomorrow. And so what would be the audience for the module um, so that at least the listeners and, mm -hmm. and viewers get a sense on you know, I mean, also mm. we should have said that the the philosophy of Ubuntu for mm. international audiences is, mm -hmm. is, is, it means basically you are because I am, or yes. I am because you are. Yes. Our lives are interdependent in yes. a way. And so, what would be the key audience uh, from your perspective? Because you've been really at the heart of thinking mm. about this issue and mm -hmm. how it would affect, um, you know, different sectors uh, of our society. Yes. And with that, I came to a conclusion that we have a saying in, in, in my language that mm. and literally what that means is that um, in order to build a clay pot, you need to use clay while it's still yeah. wet. I'm paraphrasing here yeah, in yeah. English, but you can't use it when it's hard because then yeah. it will break. Yeah. So you can mold it into yeah. anything. Why I'm saying that is that our focus and the audience we are targeting is emerging leaders. Yeah. It's people who are interested into becoming leaders to tomorrow. It's people who are currently in the, those roles as either supervisors, team leaders, or even managers that are looking yeah. to, to, you know, go higher or, or advance in their leadership levels to say, let us inculcate this way of thinking from the bottom up yeah. so that we are able to influence tomorrow and be able to see the kind of leadership that we would all be proud of when we look back in Africa and say, Africa is doing the right thing. You know, sometimes they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not looking at, at executives. However, it will be important for executives to understand this concept so that they are able to send yeah. their junior management yeah. or those yeah. aspiring to be leaders. I am also inviting entrepreneurs to say, when you enter this space of entrepreneurship or even playing in the space of entrepreneurship already, come and be a part of this lesson. Why? Because it will also inform in how you build relationships. Yeah based on the principles or philosophy of Ubuntu, which teaches you approach, which teaches you values. Because, uh, Prof. Beki, I always say that we can't talk of corruption and only look at a state government and yeah. isolate private businesses, corporate or even entrepreneurs. Because we are, in a way, to some extent, the enablers or, and what enabling and abating. Yeah. Because we are the ones who go and say, give me a contract. Yeah. And we are the ones who are doing the, the, the brown envelope behind uh, closed doors. You so somehow, 
we are involved in, in where the, the, the nations are or countries are in as far as corruption is concerned. So entrepreneurship or entrepreneurs are also a targeted market yeah. for and this. Finally, what's next for Dynamic Teams Coaching Limited, Sisters Empowerment Circle, mm -hmm. and Ticket? Thank you. Sisters Empowerment Circle, what's next is that we are currently looking for a partner to outroll our program, what we, which we call Lueto Mojo Project, uh, and Lueto Mojo really means journey with us. Yeah. Um, and this is a program that is looking at um, schools in, in the rural communities. You would have, you met one of our students last yeah. year, whom yeah. today is, is here at Vets University. That program seeks to give children in the rural community access to education beyond their curriculum education. So we give them access to the world that they ordinarily wouldn't have access to yeah. until they pass metric. I can elaborate on that later. Uh, plans for dynamic teams is that we are also looking uh, for uh, what is it? Incubation opportunities. Yeah. So to incubate entrepreneurs. I always say this. I have gotten to a point where I own the market that I want to work with and, you know, without any, without being apologetic in that market. Dynamic Teams is looking or works closely with startup uh, entrepreneurs. So we're looking to empower them and capacitate them to operate in a way that they are able to compete in the corporate market and also sustainable beyond coaching and any program. So we are looking for anyone that can support such incubation um, advances or, or take us uh, as an incubation program within their organizations to capacitate and support those cohorts or SMMEs within their cohorts. Yeah. As DK Lady myself, um, I am at this stage looking into studying to advance myself more because uh, you can never know it all. You can never, you know, you, you always have to, to learn in, in order to remain relevant in the spaces that I play in. Also as a public speaker, I am looking to advance and get more um, international advancements and, and, and platforms and equipping myself and capacitating myself as a CEO and as a leader yeah. within these organizations yeah. that I lead. Thank yeah. you so much. I uh, remember, <laughs> I think, meeting you for the first time. It's probably three or four years back 2017. now. 2017. And when you came to see us, uh, you were really in the journey of trying to create a a well-governed institution mm. um, and uh, here we are today uh, talking about the future mm. um, even developing modules that mm. can be certified and we are looking forward to finding ways of working uh, with you mm. um, and did you say the young lady that did mm. the poem is now at vets yes she's okay. studying here at vets wow, that's, yes. that's fascinating so and really this was as a yeah. result of, of um, was it the third that yeah. African philanthropy, philanthropy yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, we got the support yeah. and she's here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, at some point, she should just <laughs> walk into CAPSI and talk to colleagues, maybe for mentorships True. and all of those yes, things. Yes, yeah. definitely. Because she really, um, you know, I think inspired everyone at our conference last year. She did. So thank you so much. I know I kind of put you under pressure and said, <laughs> let's do this um, because I the opportunity to Mm -hmm. to shoot uh, on the sidelines of this conference. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, that was Tikeleti Dokas Seleka, the founder of uh, uh, Dynamic Teams Coaching, as well as uh, Sisters Empowerment Circle, a motivational speaker, as well as a facilitator. Thank you for watching. Uh, we'll see you next time.
listening to the Capsi podcast series, Conversations on African Philanthropy.